Thanks for tuning in to Little Colors of Love Book Talk, where both kids and their parents can come to hear multicultural stories, book discussions, and interviews from some of their favorite children's authors. Here, we give voice to the often voiceless by sharing diverse childhood experiences. And now, your host, the author, educator, and literary advocate, the book talkiest of all, Asia Goldson. Welcome to another episode of Little Colors of Love Book Talk. I'm your host, Asia Goldson. I'm so, so excited you've decided to join us today. Today we're going to read, uh, four. we have four selections that we're going to read today, four different picture books, and we are starting out with Magnificent Macy. Magnificent Macy, written by Charlene Goddard. And there's a beautiful uh, pink and purple uh, cover with Magnificent Macy on the front. So let's get started. Macy was just an ordinary girl, playing with her natural curls. She loved to play dress up in her mother's clothes, makeup on her face, heels on her toes, staring in the mirror at her reflection, red lips, bronze complexion, walking around the house, mirror glued in her hand, Suddenly, she trips over a toy that belonged to her little brother, Sam. The mirror falls to the ground, shattering into bits. Mama runs to the scene and starts to have a fit. And we see Macy. What is this? Mama yelled. Heels, makeup, and broken glass? Playing around with that mirror again, I see. We spoke about this in the past. Mama said, help clean up this mess. Go get the dustpan and the broom. Then it's bedtime for you, Missy. Head straight to your room. Macy cleaned up the mess, then went upstairs to bed. She thought, I have school in the morning. There's a better day ahead. The sun is up at six in the morning. The alarm clock goes ring. Macy wakes up yawning, stretching her body wide. She gets out of bed. Quietly to herself, she said, for some reason, I feel a little strange. I feel a little different, not quite the same. Macy heads to the bathroom to get ready for the day. She gets in the tub and starts scrubbing away. She's all clean and nice and clean now. Out of the tub, she goes. She dries herself off from her head to her toes. She catches a glimpse of herself in the mirror. But the reflection staring back really scared her. In the mirror was a girl that looked like Macy's twin, except this girl was wearing a jumpsuit, mask, cape, and a grin. Unsure and afraid, still Macy took the girl's hand. She stepped into the mirror and off to a magical land. Macy looked all around, wondering where she could be. An unfamiliar place, what beautiful sight she sees. Through the green forest, there are rivers flowing. Chimpanzees swinging from the tall trees growing. Elephants, buffalo, and antelope all around. A land where water, food, diamonds, gold, and oil are found. Magnificent Macy, yelled a voice. We've been waiting for you. The world needs your help, and you are way past due. Unsure of what she heard, Macy looked up and saw a bird. The bird said, it's okay, Macy. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. 
My name is Chirp and I'll be your tour guide. Every mirror you glance in shows places of the world that are in need. It may be a different state, country, or just doing a good deed. Your job is to complete each mission at hand. This mission calls for you to save the people of Congo's land. Congo, asked Macy. What is that? What do they need? Chirp replied, Congo is a country. In Africa, a rich country indeed. Rich in resources that only nature can breed. But at the same time, mothers have children that can barely, they can barely feed. We are in the beautiful Congo Basin, but not too far away. Our families that live in huts surviving off of a dollar a day. Now you're probably thinking, why is this land so rich and the people so poor? The answer to that question is because of long years of war. People from other places taking all the resources away. Taking from Congo's people and hurting whoever stands in their way. Oh no, cried Macy. How can I help? What can I do? Chirp replied, gather foods like nuts, potatoes, peas, and fresh water from the river. Then put them inside your magic cape and take it to a family in need of dinner. Macy did as she was told. She gathered food and water and put water in a bottle to make sure it stayed cold. She placed everything in her cape and Chirp led the way off to a home where a family of three stayed. A tent made of nets, the home of a mother and her two boys. When Macy gave them the dinner, their hearts filled with joy. Thank you so much, said the mother. We've been hungry for days. You're welcome, said Macy, as she waved and walked away. Macy walked proudly down the street, humming a tune and skipping her feet. She made a quick stop to use the bathroom. But when she looked in the mirror, she saw a face full of gloom. The girl in the mirror held out her hand and said, Follow me, there's someone in need. Macy jumped into the, in the mirror quickly with speed. The city of St. Louis is where Macy stands, a city full of crime, the most dangerous in the land. Macy looked down the street and not too far away, she spotted an old lady being robbed in broad day. Macy ran to the scene, fighting with all her might. Her superhero strength is what helped her win the fight. Macy grabbed the pink purse and gave it back to the lady. Thank you, magnificent Macy, she cried. I can't believe you helped save me. I'm glad I could help, Macy proudly said. Then she jumped out of the mirror to head home for bed. Macy missed dinner time. She was ready to eat. She stopped by a corner store to buy a quick treat. A red delicious apple, Macy thought, would be the perfect buy. Then she looked to her right and something else caught her eye. In the corner of the store was a rack full of sunglasses by the front door. She picked out a black pair, walked over to the mirror to try them on there. Looking in the mirror, Macy saw a scary scene. It was a superhero girl, flames everywhere. As she screamed, Magnificent Macy, jump in, be bold. Macy was scared, but she did as she was told. She was now inside of a house on fire caused by a bad plug. Macy looked all around and quickly knew where she was. My house, cried Macy. Oh no, how can this be? Then she runs to the kitchen and can't believe what she sees. Little brother Sam in tears and trying to flee. Macy runs over, hugs him and says, Little brother, you're safe with me. Macy scoops up little Sam from the kitchen floor. She runs past the hot flames and out the side door. All of a sudden, Macy hears a loud ring. She opens her eyes, but she can't feel a thing. Her body is numb and her brain is sore. After three tries, she's out of bed with her feet to the floor. Macy says to herself, wow, what a strange dream. Me, 
A superhero? How crazy does that seem? As she got ready for school, she felt a new sense of pride. The idea of helping people made her happy inside. Macy walked proudly down the street, humming a tune and skipping her feet. Flying above her head was a bird, singing a song so sweet. He landed on her shoulder, greeted her, and took a seat. The bird smiled proudly at Macy, then flew away. Macy then knew she was magnificent ever since that day. Don't be afraid to follow your dreams if you put your mind to it. It's not as hard as it seems. There is a superhero inside every boy and every girl. You have to dig deep enough to bring life to its world. And that's the end of Magnificent Macy, written by Charlene Goddard and illustrated by Brittany Goddard. What a wonderful book. All right, and next on our list, next on our list will be Jaden and the Magic Shoelaces. Jaden and the Magic Shoelaces, a new release. Written by yours truly, Aisha Goldson. Over in the city of dreams come true, lived a boy named Jaden from the city of Kazoo. And of all of the towns and all of the places, here lived little Jaden who could not tie his shoelaces. Every day, Jaden would try to tie his shoes, but this big task often gave Jaden the blues. He tried and he tried and he tried again, too. He could not master it. He did not know what to do. Mom kept showing him over and over again. He would learn one day, but she did not know when. Cross over loop, bunny ears and pull to the side. Jaden would listen and open his eyes really wide. Jaden watched closely, but by the time Mom was done, Jaden still could not follow, and that was no fun. He knew what the children at school would say. He knew they would laugh when they went out to play. Don't worry, Jaden. You have to believe in yourself. Keep practicing, and you'll see. One day you will tie your own shoes, just like me. Jaden looked at his shoes with the wild, unruly laces and said to himself, what if they were magic and could take me to all kinds of places? That night he dreamed about just what he had said. The very next morning his laces pulled him out of bed. They latched onto the bedpost and then to his toes. Jaden opened his eyes and wiggled his nose. The laces lifted him up and away from all he had known. Jaden, what are you doing? Jaden waved, but Mom was left standing there all alone. The laces took him up and all around the city, like a horse and carriage, except not as pretty. Up and down and bump, 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 through the trees and thump, thump, thump. Along grassy fields and railroad tracks, on top of giraffes' heads and eagles' backs, Jaden feared the laces would not stop, that they would wind him and bind him until he dropped. Still, Jaden went up and down and bump, 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 through the trees and thump, thump, thump. Then he remembered Mom's words in his head. Maybe Mom's words would bring him back to bed. He reached out to his shoes, flying in the breeze. He reached down past his belly button and down past his knees. Cross over loop, bunny ears and pull to the side. Then Jaden looked down and his laces were tied. When he tied them, he tamed them. So they brought him home instead, swiftly and safely back to his bed. Mom was waiting for him, amazed at it all, that he landed right in his bed. He did not even fall. 
He told her how he went up and down and bump, bump, bump through the trees and thump, thump, thump. He told her all the things he saw in all of the places, how he believed in himself and finally tied his shoelaces. All right, that was Jaden and the Magic Shoelaces, written by Aisha Goldson and illustrated by Cameron Wilson, an awesome illustrator. Awesome. All right, our next book we're going to enjoy is called I Hate English by Ellen Levine, illustrated by Steve Vorkman. All right. I hate English, Maymay said in her head in Chinese. Maymay was smart in school, in her school in Hong Kong, in Chinese, but her family moved to New York. She didn't know why. She didn't want to move, and she said all that in Chinese. Chinatown in New York was okay. People looked like people she knew. People talked like people she knew in Chinese. In New York, in school, everything happened in English. Such a lonely language. Each letter stands alone and makes its own noise, not like Chinese. Sometimes English letters fight each other. We will go on a class trip, the teacher said in English. T-R-I-P, thought Mei Mei. The letters T and R bang against each other and each keeps its own sound. Not like Chinese. Mei Mei loved Chinese, especially writing. Fast strokes, short strokes, long strokes, the brush, the pen, the pencil, all seemed to fly in her hand. But that was Chinese. Mei Mei wouldn't speak in school. Most of the time she understood what her teacher said. But everything was in English and Mei Mei wouldn't speak English. One day her cousin Bing took her to the Chinatown Learning Center. Students brought their homework for help. But not Mei Mei. She wouldn't work in English. Tutors helped the older ones with their English. Mei Mei helped the little ones with arithmetic. She was good at arithmetic. Numbers weren't, weren't English or Chinese. They were just numbers. Mei Mei loved the center. She talked and listened and explained and argued. She did everything in Chinese. She helped the directors set up the tables. She played ping pong and checkers. She sang songs. She wrote letters to friends in Hong Kong, all in Chinese. Dear Yi Fong, she wrote in Chinese, how would you like to, me to visit you? She laughed and she finished the letter. Then she had to write the address in English. Silly post office in New York, she thought. Why can't they read Chinese? Maymay had a dream. She thought about it at least once a day, sometimes twice or three times. She told Bing about it in Chinese. All the gang, Bing and Mona and Shek and Leo and Anne, would go on a plane to Hong Kong. On the plane, everybody would sp speak Chinese. Instead, they went to Jones Beach. With the director, Maymay, and her friends rode on three trains and one bus. They brought lunch, bathing suits, towels, and empty pails. The trip took two hours, and they walked and joked the whole way in Chinese. L Leo and Bing buried themselves in the sand. Anne and Mona built a castle on top of them. Shek said, Maymay, let's dig for shellfish. And off they went with their pails. You can't eat those, said the lifeguard. Maymay smiled and kept on digging. He probably doesn't know how to cook them, Shek said in Chinese. She was right. The director made a fire in the picnic area and cooked the shellfish. Nobody said a word. Everybody was busy, very busy eating. And at last, Maymay looked up and said, delicious, in Chinese. And then one day, a terrible thing happened. A teacher came to the learning center to help Maymay with English. 
Who was this person with short hair and blue eyes? And why was she smiling? Maymay was afraid she wouldn't speak a word in English or Chinese. Hello, I'm Nancy, the person said. She pointed to an empty table. Let's sit down. Maybe understood the teacher's English. The teacher had a book, and she read a story. Maymay forgot that she didn't want to listen. The story was interesting, even if it was in English. It was about a boy who lived in New York more than a hundred years ago. His family wanted to move to California. Maymay knew about California. She smiled to herself as she thought about California in Chinese. The teacher read on. The family crossed the country in a covered wagon. Covered wagon, thought Maymay. She didn't know the words for covered wagon in Chinese. Maymay didn't want to hear any more. She didn't want English to have words that she didn't know in Chinese. She felt sad, and a tear slid down her cheek. She didn't want the teacher to see, but the teacher did see and said, "Let's stop for today," in English. That night in bed, Maymay felt afraid again. She wasn't sure why. She felt she might lose something. She felt she had lost something. She felt she would lose something. Good night, her mother said in Chinese. Good night, answered Maymay without thinking in English. And then she fell into a deep sleep. She dreamt about Hong Kong. In the dream, she went to see Yi Fang. But Yi Fang said, "Who are you?" In English, "Who am I?" Dreamt Maymay. "I don't even remember my name." She woke up shouting, "I am Maymay!" In Chinese. The next day, Maymay was mad. She stared at the teacher. She glared at the teacher, and then she said, "I don't care." To the teacher in English. Very good," said Nancy. "I knew you could speak English, but I don't think you really want to learn." Nancy continued, "And that's too bad. Why is it too bad?" thought Maymay in Chinese. The teacher seemed to read her mind because in America almost everything happens in English. Don't you want to go to an American movie? Don't you want to ask for pizza? Don't you want to have an ice cream cone? Don't you want to read the signs at the zoo? Don't you want to talk with me? I want to talk with you," said Nancy in English. Maymay turned away. She wanted to tell Nancy that she liked her, but all she could say was, "I'm sorry." In English, Nancy suddenly jumped up. "Get your coat," she said to Maymay. "We're going to take a walk." Maymay said goodbye to Shek in Chinese. On the street, a strange thing happened. Nancy didn't ask Maymay to talk. Nancy didn't care if Maymay talked. Nancy didn't want Nancy to talk. Nancy was talking in English. She told Maymay about her third grade teacher. She told Maymay about her favorite book. She told Maymay that she loved tomatoes and potatoes. She told Maymay about Mr. Schwartz, her dog. She told Maymay everything it seemed in English. Maymay thought about her school. She thought about her favorite book. She thought about Char Siu Biao, her favorite food, and she thought about Siu Siu Fa, her cat, in Chinese. But Nancy wouldn't stop talking. She went on and on and on, forever talking. Yelled Maymay in English. Nancy didn't seem to hear. She kept on talking. She started reading the store signs. She read the names forwards and backwards. Sang Ping became Nip Nas. Maymay became Yum Yum. And still, Nancy talked in English. Stop! cried Maymay. She couldn't stand it any more. She felt invisible. I want to talk! She shouted in English. And before she could think about what she was doing, Maymay began. She talked about Children's Day in Hong Kong. You get lots of presents. She talked about the dragon dances on Chinese New Year. She talked about her street in Hong Kong and all her friends nearby. She talked for twenty-two minutes without stopping in English. Nancy was laughing, and as Maymay talked, Nancy laughed more and more. Maymay started to smile.
Then she laughed a little, and then she shook with laughter. They both laughed so hard, neither one could say a word in English or Chinese. Thank you, said Nancy, as she gave Mei Mei a hug. For what, asked Mei Mei, still laughing. For giving me, said Nancy, a present of English. You are welcome, said Mei Mei. And to this day, Mei Mei talks in Chinese and English whenever she wants. Wonderful. I love that. Absolutely love that story as well. So I hope you all have enjoyed uh, the, our stories for today. I do have one additional story uh, called Granny Gets Rolling, and then we will be done. And Granny Gets Rolling, again, is by Aisha Goldson, illustrated by Cameron Wilson. On the first week of summer, when the children came to stay, they had chores to do before they could play. When they finished their work, to Granny's surprise, Granny had such a bright look in her eyes. You grandchildren are so sweet, sweet, sweet. I'm going to buy you a sweet treat to eat. The ice cream truck comes every afternoon. The ice cream truck will be here soon. The children waited by the window just close enough to peek. They played near the door just close enough to sneak. The children sang and the children danced. Granny smiled and clapped her hands. The children waited for that familiar sound. Finally, Granny heard the ice cream truck driving down. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la-la-la. Granny reached for her purse and then her shoes. Granny rolled to the door with no time to lose. But as fast as she went across the floor, the truck was gone when she opened the door. Granny heard the ice cream truck still singing. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la-la-la. The next day, when Granny heard the ice cream truck on the street, she took off riding in her bare feet. She rolled and hopped onto the ramp fast. She was halfway down like a blast when she saw the truck drive away singing. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la. Tra-la-la-la-la. Granny said, sorry I missed the ice cream truck again. Granny, there must be a way that we can win. Granny shrugged, I'm just not fast enough. Granny, we love you. You are tough. The same day Granny prepared herself, she took some supplies down from the shelf. A rubber band, gloves, a punching bag, and some weights. The next time she would not be late. She punched, twisted, and lifted. Granny made her arms strong. The truck would come again and it would not be long. Suddenly she heard the ice cream truck singing. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la-la-la. But this time, Granny was ready. Open the door, be slow and steady. Granny rolled down the ramp as the truck pulled away, but this time, Granny did not stay. She rode off behind him in her wheelchair. The children followed without a care. Faster and faster she rolled. Granny decided she would be bold. As the truck drove down the the neighbor's lawn, Granny jumped onto the truck and held on. Still the driver could not see, so Granny rolled through the neighborhood with glee, holding on and singing, tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la-la-la. Just as the ice cream truck stopped, Granny's rubber band popped. The driver was surprised as he pulled up to see Granny sitting on the back of his truck. Ma'am, what are you doing up there? He asked. Catching up to you is quite a task. Sorry, ma'am, I'm a new driver, he said. Granny smiled and nodded her head. Granny said, ice cream for my sweetest of sweets. The children shouted, hooray, Granny, we will get a treat. Hooray for something sweet to eat. 
And that is the end of our readings on today. Thank you so much again for tuning into our show. You may want to consider listening in again or following us on Instagram at Little Colors of Love Books to keep up with our uh, daily book talk. Again, thank you so much, and we will absolutely see you again next time. Bye-bye.